Thank you, Brother Jim, for leading in the back. He led us to Psalm 45. Spoke about the passion we should have for the Lord Jesus Christ. What is your passion? What does your name trigger in others' minds? What can they count on you for? What gets you riled up? Where do you go when you feel small? Please turn to Psalm 119, starting at verse 137. I know there are a lot of verses in this psalm that are precious to our church, um, but I feel like I never appreciated the whole psalm until a couple weeks ago when it came alive to me. Psalm 119, starting at verse 137. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy word. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delight. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. If you'll allow me some liberty. Psalm 119 wasn't a scheduled session where David sat down and had to write about the Bible. He was full. He was ready to burst, and filled with the Spirit, he let out his passion. So we get 176 verses with the underlying theme of the preciousness of God's words to David. When you think of David, what do you think of? How would you define the person of David in your head? The man after God's own heart. The man who loved God's words more than anything. What's your passion? And if someone can see how you live your passion, how would they define you in their heads? Our passion for things we enjoy in this world often ebbs and flows with how much it excites us. We love our sports team most when they're winning. We can get passionate about an argument when we know we're right. We can get passionate in a marriage when everything's going well, but it can go down. It ebbs and flows with the changing circumstances of our world. But people, we have the words of the God who always wins. The only time he ever experienced defeat was in appearance, and that for three days and three nights, before unveiling the final move in the ultimate chess match with the devil, where the devil was infinitely outwitted and outmatched every move. God has made his pawns kings and priests. We have our marching orders. We have this book that tells us how to do life. We have this love letter from our king. It deserves our passion and its intrinsic perfection and worthiness, and it demands our passion. Let's dive in. 137. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Psalm 99.4. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Revelation 15. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. Thy judgments are made manifest. Do you love the works of God and his character? Do you love hearing about his nature? Well, you should. Because heaven is reserved for worshiping and celebrating and being in awe of his nature. 
Digging into his word is how we learn about his character. So we should consider learning from it heaven on earth. That's right. 138. Thy testimonies that thou commandest, that thou hast commanded, are righteous and very faithful. Amen. Humans by nature are unfaithful, hypocritical, liars, cheaters, murders in the heart, hateful, envious, scorners, and general stooping to the lowest, most possible, despicable thing we can find and loving it and defending it with everything that we have. And we have seen this especially in the world that is unbridled by the Spirit, unlike the children of God, who are freed from our nature by our bondage to Christ. But how much do you love our God and his words? He is the antithesis to everything we experience here, the opposite. Everything we have here is corrupted in some way except the word of God. Going without these words should leave you dry and thirsty because nothing else can satisfy. Amen. 139. My zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Uh, David's wondering in Psalm 53, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Earlier in verse 53 of this psalm, horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. David is angered and perplexed because of the pointlessness of the lives of the wicked. If this word is the only thing that gives life, how can they live with that emptiness? It's a horrifying thought because he can't imagine living without this equity, comfort, and faithfulness only found in Scripture. Yes. Do you love it that much? You can be on three sides of this verse. You can be consumed like David because they are completely forgotten and despised in the world. Or you can forget them and be in the company of those of David's enemies. Or you can be indifferent. Someone who has these words but doesn't love them enough to get passionate and be affected by them that they're misused and ridiculed in the world. Mm -hmm. What gets you riled up? 140. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. It is as gold purified seven times. Do you love it? Do you tell God you love it? Do others know you love it? I can think of brothers and sisters and... I think of God's word. When you mention their name, I think of someone who loves God's word. Wonderful. And I think that's true about everyone they know. I want that to be more true about me and for all of us. Today, the devil's attacking us with all distractions. We want to be interesting. And our mind tells us if loving God's word is the first thing someone thinks of me, man, that's boring. The funny thing is, one, they don't care what you think if that's what you're thinking. But those people I can think about that love the Bible are always the ones consistently living it. They always have an answer to difficult problems, and they're always exhibiting the most gracious spirits. To the world and devilish men, that might seem boring, but you will shine. So make that the thing people think about when they think about your name. 141 and 43. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. Trouble and anguish have taken hold of me, yet thy commandments are my delights. Psalm 417, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. 94.17 and 94.19 And the multitude of my thoughts within me that comforts delight my soul. I never realized this theme through Psalm 119. But that's David fighting anxiety and affliction with God's word. Yes. A list of verses. Yeah. Remove from me a reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. All these in 119. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Yes. Take away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Right. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The, hand, the bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. Right. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Amen. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. 
For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do not I forget thy statutes. They had almost consumed me upon earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should have been, I should have been perished in mine affliction. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do not I decline from thy testimonies. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Amen. I want to focus real quick on the mental battles Christians face. Uh, Keep in mind we do not always see these as their very nature. Um, It doesn't require an external event to cause them. Uh, This is also a reason why we should work to fight the temptation and protection of shallow conversations to dig into each other's lives so we can be there where otherwise we would have no clue our brother or sister may be fighting a desperate battle needing backup. We also can't tell ourselves we keep our brother accountable by asking them how their week was each Sunday and maybe sending a verse throughout the week. I'm definitely talking to myself. But we have uh, two examples, examples of two types of Christians. Those who find themselves by God's providence in the darkness of a storm, in the chaos of a battle, and they look to their banner. In the battle, they look to their ensign, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. In the darkness, they look to the light of the word. Yes. They end up giving God more glory because the strongest of men in the world, I'm being a testimony against the world, because the strongest men cannot do what they do through the power and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Because the peace of our God passeth understanding. Right. I know what their passion is. We've seen others who in the storm and in the battle rely elsewhere and end up retreating or crashing. These words are a life and a guide, especially to the small and weak. When you feel small, where do you go? 142-144, thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. A theme we find here and throughout Psalms is faithfulness. These are everlasting truths from a God who is everlasting and infinitely righteous to keep his everlasting words. Are they your life? And don't you love that we have the truth? Yes. God's law is the truth. Others can share what they think is best for you. They can express genuine care, getting us to follow our own rules and make sure we're not succumbing to the rules of someone else. But we have the truth. Winding down, I hope you're always passionate about your marriage. How easy would it be for that passion to wane if you don't put a passion for God's word at the foundation? I hope you're always passionate about pursuing excellence in what you do. But how easy would it be for that to waver or consume you if you don't put a passion for God's words at the base? Yes, amen. Passion looks different for each person and at different times in each person's life, but it lies in consistency. Are you consistently in the word? Are you consistently reminding others about his precious truths? Are you consistently going back to these to be the foundation of your life? Mm -hmm. Are you consistently conforming to these words? Let's dedicate the rest of our lives to this passion for God and his words. A friend reminded me yesterday that January is done. How passionate were you for his word? Because we have the rest of the year and the rest of our lives to dedicate our passion to him. What fires you up? Where do you go when you feel small? What is your greatest passion? May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen. Amen. Good. Amen.